0: Hello and welcome back to What the Health. I'm your host, Julie Rovner, Chief Washington Correspondent at Kaiser Health News. I'm joined by some of the best and smartest health reporters in Washington. We're here to bring you the latest in news about health policy from the White House, Capitol Hill, federal agencies, and the states. We're taping on Friday this week at 10 a.m. on November 10th. As with all news in Washington, things can change fast and things might have changed by the time you hear this. So let's get to it. They we're joined by Joanne Kennan of Politico. Good morning, everyone. Sarah Cliff of Vox. Hi, Julie. And Alice Alstein of Talking Points Memo. Hello. So lots of health news this week. Let's start with the elections for an off-off year election. There was a fair bit of health news starting in Maine, where voters overwhelmingly approved a referendum to expand the Medicaid program under the Affordable Care Act. But it might not happen, at least not right away. Sarah, you've been looking at this. What is going on?
1: Yeah, so a lot has been going on in Maine. I've been getting very familiar with Maine politics, Maine referendum law, which is not an area I thought I would know. But so I'd say the first thing is just that we saw the first state pass Medicaid Medicaid expansion by ballot initiative, which I think is significant. Every other state has moved through their legislature, through their governor. And I think that's a big development. It gives other states ideas. Um, I was talking to people in Idaho and Utah that are going to begin gathering signatures in the next few weeks and for 2018. Us, there are
0: 19 states that so far haven't approved, uh, haven't expanded Medicaid.
1: Maine would be the 32nd. Maine okay. is, yeah, 32nd plus D.C. Right. So, <laughs> um, so it really is kick-starting a lot of other states saying, hey, we've been blocked in the legislature. Here's another route. That being said, it does not seem to be a foolproof route. One of the things we're seeing now, one of the reasons they went to ballot initiative is that the governor in Maine, Paula Page, is a huge opponent of Medicaid expansion. He has vetoed five Medicaid expansion bills during his tenure. And he very quickly put out a statement afterwards saying that, you know, unless there was a financing plan for this um, expansion, it's not going to go through because they need the money to kick in their state share, which is small. Um, I think the Maine Office of Fiscal Review, which seems to be Maine's version of CBO, they estimated that once this is fully implemented, the state will need to spend $55 million a year, but they'll get back $525 million. So they're bringing in a lot of federal money. They still need to find that $55 million. And it's a little bit uncertain. I've talked to a lot of different people who have vastly different interpretations of how much power LePage has here, depending on their reading of Maine referendum law. Yeah, I mean, it looks that the
0: optics of this, you know, the, this it didn't pass 51-49. No. It
1: passed overwhelmingly. And it passed in some really conservative areas of Maine. So it would the optics of overruling a ballot that passed by a 20-digit margin are, are not good. But then again, I mean Paula Page has been so opposed to Medicaid expansion. His term is up in twenty eighteen. So who knows? I don't think it is out of out of the woods at this point. I don't think it is clear that these seventy or so thousand low-income Maine residents who are expected to gain coverage will definitely get it. But But uh, I I
2: did talk to the uh, people behind the ballot initiative, and they said they will take LePage (laughs) to court if necessary to get the implementation, and they cited uh, part of the Constitution saying that Ballot initiatives have to be implemented after a certain period of time. The main constitution, yes. I
3: assume. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and sorry.
2: Yes, and so they they say it's it's cut and dried. The governor can try to block it, but it's going to happen eventually. If they have to sue, then so be it.
3: And the main legislature, the assembly, is democratic. The state senate has a one seat senate majority, but there is at least one Republican state senator on the record. Saying you know the, the Republicans to, control the, it by one the Republicans seat. Republicans control, but the Democrats control the the state house or the state assembly. I think they call it. The Republicans have a one seat majority, but the um, there's at least one on the record saying LePage has to do this, and there are others um, that one of our reporters has talked to. You know, seeming open to funding it. So it's not just the outside advocates. I mean, the assembly, the the, the state legislature, legislature is. Looking sympathetic, and one of the things with LePage though is that he's using a different there's two sets of numbers there's the ones that Sarah just described, and there's another set from his administration that are higher, and he's saying that those are the binding ones so I mean he is leaving in a year <laughs> so and he is term limited so he's he can't term limited right and and uh, you know i think I think the chances of a lawsuit are you know in healthcare there's always chance of a lawsuit that's what we're going to be talking about a lot in the coming months, i think so uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, the other the other uh, health referendum on a state ballot was in Ohio. Um, that was about drug prices. It didn't go so well.
3: It's the same. Um, it's the same initiative, the same language that failed in California and the, last even, year, last yes a year ago. And it basically, it says that the state health programs couldn't pay more than the VA, which gets def- heavily discounted drugs. Um, a lot of people. Didn't, who were sympathetic to taking action against drug prices did not think this was the ideal way to go about it. Um, there's the possibility that the drugs just get more expensive for the VA and then everybody's paying more. Well, also uh, it, the VA doesn't cover every drug. The government does, doesn't cover every drug. And it also doesn't help people who are commercially insured or who get, you know, healthcare through their jobs. If Even if you did do this in state programs, state workers, Medicaid, whatever, get lower costs, the costs could just get shifted so everybody else's go up. So I was a little, you know surprised that they stuck with the exact same language. This is something that failed after a big close fight. Pharma did defeat it in California a year ago. California is a way more liberal state than Ohio. So once you, you know, probably, you know, arguably one of the two or three most liberal states in the country. If it failed in California, then you do the exact same thing in a more conservative swing state of Ohio. And then they're saying that they're going to take it to other, try to get the same measure on the ballot next year in uh, in other states. I forgot which states they're looking at. But I don't necessarily think this is the approach that um, other anti-drug cost
0: people are going to get behind. So in in most of the states that had elections, there were not statewide elections. There were a lot of local elections. Um, But overall, it looked like it was a very good night for Democrats. Well, also Um,
3: Virginia Medicaid. We don't yet know um, if the Democrats took the House and that's in right, well, and I'll get to that in a yeah. second.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but but uh, overall, in lots of local elections, long-standing Republican incumbents were ousted. As as Joanne just mentioned in Virginia, where the there was a, a seventeen, you know, uh, the Democrats needed to pick up seventeen seats to take over the Virginia House, and it looks like they're not maybe not going to do that. But it could end up a tie. Um, but. My, my bigger question is that overall, Republicans are looking a little nervous going into the 2018 congressional elections. Might this impact health care going forward now or into 2018? Alice, what are you hearing on the Hill?
2: Well, on the Hill, I am uh, hearing the opposite. I am hearing Republican lawmakers doubling down on a strategy to try to repeal Obamacare. Maybe that's just sort of bluster and what they're telling, saying publicly, maybe privately. They're saying, mm, this isn't looking so good for our reelection candidates campaigns, but at least uh, to my face, they are saying that Tuesday's election was about their failure to pass a bill repealing Obamacare and the that repeated failure to produce results didn't specify what results folks seem to want or, or need. Um, but the failure to produce a result at all is what led to the Republican losses. And so they vowed to keep at it into 2018, <laughs> including um, possibly still always trying to get rid of the individual mandate through the tax bill, which is looking like it might not happen, but they're going to keep saying that they're trying anyways.
3: I think that we clearly are seeing the the results of the election Tuesday, the Democratic wins on Tuesday, not just in in the races we've discussed, but in like little, small, you know, mayor races and things across the country. It was a, you know, it was a Democratic night, which is a little mini off-year wave. Um, I call it the off-off-year (laughs) election. Right. But so – I think we're definitely seeing it that it's giving impetus to the Republicans to get taxes done, um, you know, that they there are a lot of things that they have to fight out, but they really feel they need to show that they've done something. And right now, taxes is what's on the horizon. I think that we'll see healthcare play out. There's going to be a lot of internecine Republican warfare this year. There's already people who are leaving because they don't want to have a primary fight. There's a high number of, of, of incumbent retirements. I think we'll see um, a fair number of Republican primaries, and I think you'll see the outside challengers attacking the incumbents for failing to you know, you didn't try hard Mm -hmm. enough to to kill Obamacare. I think that's some of the anti-Mitch McConnell sentiment we're seeing also comes um, about
0: Obamacare.
2: But also, we, we could also see challengers from the left saying you tried too hard to repeal Obamacare. And that's why...
0: You yeah, f- I mean, not notwithstanding uh, the arguments that, you know, Ed Gillespie and, and Virginia didn't embrace the president enough, um, the, the Virginia exit poll showed that of the people who said that health care was their top issue, 77 percent of them voted for the Democrats.
3: And a lot of them said health care was their top issue. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40, right. More than anything else. I think it was something like 40 percent.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, although I was uh, – pollsters were, were quick to point out that um, this was – they were given a constrained list and it didn't include uh, the economy and education, things that traditionally, you know, economy jobs are all – you. Usually, when those are offered in the list, they're always number one. So, with, with those things not there, healthcare that's normally like number three suddenly becomes number one. But, but Sarah, I mean, what do you what do you feel like? I mean, has this changed the atmosphere at all? Um, I mean, you know, you mentioned on Medicaid, there's now other states that haven't expanded that are looking at that. Do you think that this is likely to? to, to as Alice said, I mean, are you, is this going to make Republicans double down on wanting to do something or might they have more trouble rounding up those last few reluctant votes?
1: Yeah, so I think there's a few levels you can look at it. So here in D.C., I think 2018 becomes a pretty interesting year because that could very well end up being like the last year that you have this unified control of the White House and Congress. If the Democrats are able to take the House, then that becomes a you know real deadline for any action on that I don't – I mean, all the bills have been so unpopular that it's really hard for – even though they're saying they want to do it, it just really – I'm sure, like, their strategists and pollsters must be pulling their hair out, saying, like, you'd be crazy to try and do this again because they pull so poorly. But I think as we've seen, that hasn't been – you know, that hasn't deterred Republicans in the past. You know, they've kept pursuing these health care bills even though they pull terribly. So it's it's hard. Although I to, think
0: the polls do say that Republicans are irritated that they haven't done this. Yeah, it's, That's the, true. it's a base.
1: It's still yeah. a base motivating yeah. issue. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, to win elections, they're going to have to get outside their base. They're going to have to convince the people, you know, people outside of the diehard Trump supporters that they are worthy of election. And I think it is an interesting question for Republican strategists. You know, how much do you value those people who are going to stick with you thick and thin? The people who are angry. This hasn't happened. And how much do you want to get people who are a little less conservative. One other thing I'm interested to watch, just because I I have always been really interested in watching and reporting on the states, and it looks like the um, legislature in Washington state has flipped Democrat because of um, one race, actually in the tiny Seattle suburb I grew up in, in Sammamish, Washington, um, flipped their legislature blue. Um, It looks like Virginia might be a blue legislature, so that could be two states where you'd have unified Democrat government. I'm always interested to see kind of what experiments happen on the state level, if they start thinking about something interesting or different, like a Medicaid buy-in or something like that. Um, so I think you, you see more experimentation when they're in the states because there's more space to get things done. So that's something else I think um, isn't quite as high profile as Obamacare appeal, but could actually matter, could actually create new policy. You should point out that the
0: reason we don't know what's happening in the Virginia House yet is because there's four races that are so close, they may actually go to a recount. So uh, so those are, those are still outstanding. And
2: one one more issue on the health care bills being so deeply unpopular. Um, Republican lawmakers keep admitting out loud this week that it's really their donors that they're listening to. They keep saying just straight out, my donors want us to pass this. And so y- you have the split where... Um, it, It it seems based on Tuesday's elections and lots of polls this whole year that um, most people do not want this repeal strategy, but the the big money does.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The the people who actually fund these elections, which is still an issue. All right, well. You both, uh, Alice and Joanne, you both mentioned the tax bill, um, which is obviously sort of uh, uh, chore number one on Capitol Hill right now. But there are health aspects to the tax bill. What's going on? I guess the the Senate decided to go a different way from the House?
2: Yes, on a couple of key health issues. um, Most interesting to me, um, the Senate did not go after the medical expenses deduction, and the House did. Now, this is something that will heavily impact a very small number of people. But for those small number of people, it's huge. If you are taking care of an aging parent and spending more than 10 percent of your income on caring for that person's health care or yourself, or yeah, you need round-the-clock care. Or a disabled child. Or a disabled child or chemo or anything that's very expensive and long-term. And you could deduct that from your taxes. And under the House bill, you would not be able to. The Senate bill backed away from that. Both bills currently do not have a repeal of the individual mandate, but they keep insisting to me in the hallways that they're talking about it, they're talking about it. And I don't know if that's because of the savings, the government savings that they want so badly to pay for which the are, tax cuts, which
0: are now lower, thank you CBO. Sure, but, but they're, they're still th- a <laughs> large, a trillion, <laughs> yeah.
2: still significant, and they they have a more than a trillion hole to fill here. So, so that's looking pretty tasty to them as a as a pay for, um, even even though it would result in millions of people not having insurance. But I wonder if. They're saying we're still looking at it, we're still looking at it because they're actually still looking at it or because it's in their interest to uh, keep this alive in the conversation, even though it's not really going to happen.
3: There's also a scenario where uh, it could get into the House bill as a pay for. Uh, it's, it sounds counterintuitive, we should explain it, like the individual mandate saves money because fewer people are insured and therefore the government is spending less money on subsidies. And that's why it saves, I think the last number was $338 billion. Um, Over 10 years. Over 10 years. So that sort of plugs a third of the hole, roughly, that the House has to find to pay for it. So could we see it in the House bill to plug that hole and keep the process going with the House being fully aware that it will fall out in the Senate? That is possible. But the whole put the mandate in has a lot less steam. It came out of Ways and Means without it, which is the key committee. It's going to the House floor. It's not in it now. There's clearly... Not a lot of appetite from the leadership and the committee chairman to put it in. There is some from the president and there is some from the Conservative Freedom. Uh, caucus and yeah. some of the others. We
0: okay. should point out that even even that CBO reestimated it this week after and made the made the Republicans crazy because during the health reform debate they were using old numbers and so they were CBO said that getting rid of the mandate would result in many more people losing coverage um, and and the Republicans asked them to reestimate it and they did well now they've reestimated it. They're they mad said, that
2: they reestimated <laughs> it. I know Mike <laughs> Lee called it Calvin Ball. You know keep changing the rules.
0: Yeah, although they did it because the Republicans asked them <laughs> yeah. to. Right. So, they're, right, they're
2: damned if they use old numbers right. and they're damned if they update so, yeah, their numbers. So now
0: fewer people would end up on a journal, though it's still thirteen million, but it also would save less money because fewer yeah, people but would end up. It still saves on a on lot insure. of money. Yeah. yeah. That, yeah. That, I mean that's,
3: if you're if you're point. Kevin Brady and you're chairman of the Ways and Means Committee and you need to fill a trillion dollar hole and you see something that's three hundred and thirty eight, you know, that's billion dollars, that's that's attractive. But he's also been very clear publicly and on the record that it makes it really hard to to get it through the Senate where they can only lose two votes and it's not just the mandate. There there are a million things in the text <laughs> yeah. uh, Bill, that could could make people fall off the Republican support. And
2: we we did see some reports this week that the president is thinking of just killing the mandate himself um, via executive order, either by massively expanding the uh, hardship exemptions people can claim to get out of it or just by ordering the IRS not to enforce it. Or we don't really know yet. There was some pushback on those reports it's out there as a sort of general threat. And it would cause another lawsuit. (laughs) He can't
3: just abolish it because, I mean, he can't completely just make it go poof, it's not here anymore. He can... Um, change enforcement um, and mm-hmm. and enlarge exemptions. To yeah, be, so I, you know, I think that would be. Right. But the, even, the, the, even that the most could result in some, like we said, serious lawsuits. Every week we're here, we're going to say that could lead to a lawsuit, right? But if
2: Congress does it,
3: right? But Congress can't get sixty yeah. votes for that, right. Right. right? Exactly. Congress could do mm-hmm. it, but we'll see. I don't think there's fifty votes in the Senate on mm-hmm. the tax bill with for other reasons in addition to the mandate. The, the Senate is going to have trouble passing its bill. The mandate makes it harder. For the Senate to Mm -hmm. pass its bill, and then the um, you know the House and Senate have they're very very motivated to pass this. Mm They as we just said, you know, after the 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 year of repeal failed, they they really want to pass taxes. So do they want to make it harder for themselves when there's plenty of hard there already? The Democrats would love it because imagine the headline, right? We we all get those emails. It would say Republicans give. Uh, take insurance from 13 million people to pay for a rich people's tax cut. It would be mm-hmm. something like that, a corporation tax cut. You know, I'm not writing their emails, but we all know we would yes, see it in our that inbox. That
0: would it would be something
2: like that. And the closer we get to 2018, the less people are going to want to stick their necks out mm-hmm. and take a big risk like that.
0: All right. Well, let's talk about open enrollment for a minute. We are 10 days into the the first open enrollment for individual health insurance under the Trump administration. And we have actual numbers. Sarah, what did they look like? Which was a surprise, yeah. right? Like, yeah, the fact that all that we
1: got numbers. The is fact surprise. they were released by the Trump administration. So they were high. So the Trump administration estimates in the first four days of open enrollment, about 600,000 people signed up for coverage. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was 135,000 are new enrollees. I think it was on 137. One th- but it, was, okay. a, but but a it lot, was a high number. It was a, a high number. A surprising number, number of And that's enrollees. a number you it's kind almost of... Almost a quarter. Yeah, it's a number you kind of want to watch to get a sense of engagement, of like whether they are going to get high enrollment. Now, and this is higher than previous years. It is hard to get apples-to-apples apples comparisons. They put this... Um, data out for the first week of open enrollment, which was only a four-day week since they measure Sunday to Sunday. It started on Wednesday. But um, if you do compare back to the start of open enrollment, this is the highest pace per day of enrollment we've seen so far. And it I think is encouraging to Obama, Obama supporters that you're really seeing this wave of enrollment. That being said, it, it's really hard to know if it's going to be sustained. This is also an open enrollment that's half as long as the last open enrollment and we're not seeing twice as many signups. We're we're seeing more, but like not that much of a increase. And one other thing we don't know is is this a rush of really sicker patients who are going to drive up premiums? Like who are these people who are enrolling early? But I think, you know, taking it all together, people who like Obamacare are excited to see a lot of people signing up and not people thinking, oh, this thing is repealed and not getting coverage. So I think, you know, people who work on enrollment are very enthusiastic and excited, probably a little surprised by these numbers as well. Right. I
3: mean, I think one thing is that there's, you know, under the Democrats, enrollment became a little bit more Mm ho-hum. It didn't get as much News coverage, just like the enrollment season per se, it's After not the, the first
0: year when it completely uh, didn't yeah, work. It got plenty
3: of yeah, <laughs> but by last year, by by t- late 2016 for the 2017 uh, season, it, it did not get as much attention because it it wasn't so much. You know, well, it, it's not that it got no attention, mm-hmm. but the enrollment itself did not get as much attention as it had in prior years. And this year, it actually did. Right, this year, it's like there was a lot of stories saying, "Oh, there's no outreach, there's no marketing," mm-hmm. and they they created a lot of free media. And some of them, some of the Republicans in HHS, maybe you know, sort of kicking themselves in the head for that. Now, you know, as Sarah said. You know, there are a lot of people out there who are used to doing it in, in, you know, after mm-hmm. the holidays. Oh, this was my early January t- task. I would get my tax, mm-hmm. you know, low-income people who try to get their tax done early and get some money to use that to enroll. That whole dynamic, if you think, oh, you know, I do this every year on January 5th and I'm going to do that this year. Well, no, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's December 15th. So Yeah, you can't even do it over Christmas vacation. No, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's, six, it's six weeks and, you know, who knows how many people really understand that.
2: And I had a source compare the numbers we're seeing to early voting, um, where it's the most motivated people, obviously, mm-hmm. it's the most informed people, and it can tell you something about what the final vote tally is going to be. But let's all remember the 2016 presidential mm-hmm. election. Hillary was way, way ahead in early voting, and look what happened in the end. So it doesn't necessarily. It's not the best predictor.
0: And I would point out that last year there was very brisk enrollment early on, um, mm-hmm. you know, pe- uh, and then it trailed off at the end. And, of course, the insurers want the people at the end because those are most likely to be the sort of the, 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 the procrastinators procrasti- yep, the young who aren't are healthy and don't mm-hmm. think they really need insurance but and they get mother, pushed by their parents. Yeah, no. exactly As a mother, right. <laughs> <laughs> a voice. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they're more concerned with what happens at,
3: at the end. I just really want.
1: Congress to pass the cleaning up your socks mandate. <laughs> I do think one other thing that's interesting um, is that individual state marketplaces are also. So I believe those numbers just cover healthcare.gov. Yes, yes. just individual federal. state marketplaces that are supportive of the Affordable Care Act. I believe Washington State, Maryland, and Massachusetts have also reported above and California. It, oh, California too. Over have reported above average call volume, more signups than normal. So it, it is possible. The Trump administration did create a bit of an outreach boost um, inadvertently, but it's a tough road ahead. Like, there's 70% less funding for Navigators. There's barely any ad budget. Um, the tr- I, I don't think the Trump administration said anything publicly to encourage anyone to enroll in coverage. You just have President Obama putting out videos encouraging people to enroll. It is... Um, they
2: are sending reminder emails. They are
1: sending reminder emails, but it's still... Um, Still a tough road to have. Well, the I'd the say. other
2: inadvertent thing that apparently
0: is helping is that by ending the cost sharing reductions, <laughs> they've they've created it's this of, enormous yeah.
2: discount. If
0: it's you an amazing self if... phone,
1: <laughs> we um yeah we run an Obamacare enrollee Facebook group um, at Vox. If if you are an Obamacare enrollee, you should find us and join us. And one of the amazing things I've seen is I've had so many people saying two things. One, this was the smoothest enrollment ever. It was very fast because the website seems to work pretty well. And two, they got the best deal they've ever gotten. If You know, we had a handful of people who were saying, I have tax credit, like, left over after getting my bronze plan. I wish I could donate it to someone else in this group who doesn't get tax credit. Um, it, it really, in this group, it's a group of about 6,000 people or so, and it's not a scientific sample. But people seem actually pretty happy with the coverage that they're getting this year. They were not expecting it and they feel like they got a good deal because the subsidies are a lot higher this year.
3: But the, f- there are parts of the country where if you're if you're not getting a subsidy or you're mm-hmm. right on the border and you're getting a small subsidy or you're right over it, and you're not making a ton of money. You're getting you're, hammered. You're yeah. getting hammered. I got a phone call. I mean, this is a, you know, an N of one, but I got a phone call from a friend the other day whose brother and sister-in-law were, um are self-insure are buying their own insurance, and she said it's costing them forty thousand dollars. And I said, "Oh, that's crazy! They must be doing something wrong, <laughs> or took it. They're talking to a crooked broker." And I got online and spent an hour and a half, and it is almost,
0: uh, it's my, almost my brother sister-in-law. Yeah, my brother and sister-in-law, thirty-eight thousand dollars. Yes. So it's uh, you know it, it is. And this <laughs> is a, this this particular couple makes around eighty. So wow.
3: they're they're facing, I think, you know, I told them to call some more brokers and, you know, keep looking, but I think, you know, I think the cheapest thing I found for them was like 38. I mean, and that's a real story. And mm-hmm. that, you know, is it, are there, is it, you know, Tens of millions of people? No, it's a single-digit number of millions. And people dispute how many. But I don't think mm-hmm. anyone have the most recent. Is it five-ish? I don't know.
0: But, I think it was more like seven-ish. Yeah, I did a okay. story on this a couple of weeks ago. Right. And but it, it's that's real.
3: And you can't. Mm-hmm. And and you know, supporters of Obama can correctly point out that if you're in the exchange, it's the sticker price doesn't matter so much that you're getting subsidized. As Sarah pointed out, you can be getting your premiums for free. And but this other. Population does exist, and the um, all the things we've talked about in the recent weeks about less less. Um, this is this this particular couple is in, a, is, is in a county where there's only one insurer, right? One county over, it's cheaper because there's two insurers. So the lack of competition, which has many reasons, including the the uncertainty about the cost sharing this year, um, the cost sharing. So all that. I mean, there are pockets of the country where this is really a problem.
0: And it's actually, I, I think that the statistic is it's forty percent of the people in the who buy their own insurance buy off exchange and don't get any subsidies. Some of
3: whom might actually be eligible and don't know it, but and should be finding that out. I mean, we've, right? But we've, then, we've but, encountered but, those n of one stories. Too. But there's also
0: people in the exchange right. who don't get subsidies. subsidies. And as 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 actually a navigator in Maine told me, you know, it's important if you think your income might fall below that four hundred percent of poverty, you should buy in the exchange because then you can go back and get the tax credit if you buy off. The Exchange, you can't. But yes, I'm not. You know, some people are getting great deals this year, but some people are it's also really getting mixed. Host. And
3: it's mixed for complicated reasons, including you know the cost of healthcare in this country. So there are multiple. There's what's going on in county by county is really really different. Um, you know, there's a huge. There are people who are getting you know who
0: are really protected, and there are people who are really not. So. More more news this week um, from the administration. Uh, CMS administrator Seema Verma told the National Association of Medicaid Directors that the agency is likely to approve waivers with work requirements for Medicaid recipients. So Lost it. Yeah. <laughs> That's Yes, <laughs> third we've come yeah. up with right. <laughs> but who's likely to get the first couple of waivers, and what's
1: it going to mean? You. I you think it's um, Kentucky. Kentucky, right, as first in Probably, line. Probably yeah. so. A number of states, and this is something before she was a Medicare administrator that Seema Verma was very, very supportive of. She was a consultant who worked with a lot of conservative states who wanted to add a work requirement, premiums, possibly drug testing to their Medicaid programs. Now that she is in charge, it um, it, in a way is not surprising that she's moving in this direction, but it's a huge change for Medicaid. Medicaid has never required people to work for these benefits. It would really... Be an overhaul of the program and I don't know if any of you were actually there at the speech on Tuesday but my understanding from talking to some Medicaid directors who were there is it didn't seem like the right audience to give the particular speech she gave so she talked about the hollow victory of enrolling people in coverage and the the soft bigotry of um low expectations. of low expectations of not requiring people to work that it was a you know affront to their dignity a lot of Medicaid directors just it It really didn't kick things off on the right foot. A lot of them felt like we work so hard to enroll people. We believe this program works. And now you come in here telling us, you know, enrollment doesn't matter. And this program is, um, you know, a form of bigotry. It, It really didn't seem to know our audience. But I think we could, you know, now that they've kind of laid out their vision, we could see those waivers getting approved. I mean, I think there's about a half dozen or so that have some of these features, like a work requirement type feature um, I don't know if they will get enacted. Again, like Joanne said, it seems like there will near certainly be someone who files a lawsuit as soon as it is approved. But Like eight seconds yeah. later. <laughs> but it's um, it's really a new, completely different vision for Medicaid than what we saw from the Obama administration.
0: And, and I think we should point out that most of the people who mm-hmm. get Medicaid either yes. already work, they can't work, or they're... Or they're caring for someone else. Exactly.
3: exactly. There is no... There's, there's, there's going to be... And, it, 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 mm-hmm. If this looks like the welfare um, rec- requirement, there will be exemptions. If, if, mm-hmm. if that's what it looks like, and it probably will from what we know as of now, there are exemptions from people who have small children. And it also does inca- does include job training, certain educational programs, and possibly volunteer work. So it is a job requirement. As Sarah said, it's a break with um, you know, the past, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody has to go out and get a 40-hour-a-week job mm-hmm. and leave their 2 year old at home alone. But or experts... Do it if, and also, if they're disabled, they, they would mm-hmm. be... Yeah, I mean, sure. but it is a huge break with a philosophical and practical break with Medicare, med- whatever's so how many years are we, 50s, whatever, how many years we are from Medicaid. 52. 52, and 52 years And experts
2: do say this would lead to hundreds of thousands of people being excluded from the right. program. So mm-hmm. in, in that way, it would also be like the welfare reform. Right,
0: right. And there were actually some... some Medicaid
2: directors have basically said that that right. it would
0: that it, it, they're they're looking at this as a way to and kick people off the program. And some states
3: said
2: that in their applications, <laughs>
3: right. And and the other thing is that you know that if if you're subsidized in the exchange, there's no requirement. Say you're a family with two parents. There's no requirement. You get that both of you work in order to get your tax credit I mean that there is if you're there's this funny situation where you could be on Medicaid and um have to work, and that you know one of you gets a small raise and you're suddenly at one thirty nine percent of poverty instead of one thirty eight and you're in the exchange and you don't have to work i mean there's there's a lot of um sort of Strange things in our healthcare. Well,
0: actually, system. if you're if we're over 100 percent of poverty, you can get in the exchange. So maybe people right. will will that's move also move to the right. exchange, um, which which might
3: right. But I mean, there's that there's that discrepancy, which actually I don't hear people talk about. But you know, you can you you can be a couple with one only one person working or whatever is or not working at all if you happen to have money. Whatever. I mean, there there are um, you know there it's it's not a you know
0: there's some that's an oddity. Well, with all the news, I want to talk really quickly about two of the dogs that didn't bark this week. Um, the... So they always
3: have to get a dog. Yes.
0: The, <laughs> <bed>. <laughs> the, the, the chip bill and uh, HHS secretary. We don't We don't have a chip bill and we don't have an HHS secretary. Also, what's going on with the chip bill? Anything?
2: Uh, not that I've heard. Um, the The House did pass it. Last week, yep, that Party was last line. week, and Democrats were not happy about it because of the cuts to Obamacare's uh, public health prevention and prevention fund, deep cuts there, and um, some also some changes to Medicare about high higher income Medicare enrollees. And we have not heard a peep in the Senate.
0: No, and they're busy. You know, in the Senate, it's the Finance Committee, and they're busy busy with the tax tax bill. Although we are
1: hearing a little bit from the states. So I know Colorado, for example, said in about a week they're going to start sending out notices to chip families saying, hey, this coverage might not exist next year. So I think we're getting very close to the rubber kind of hitting the road in states, not kids necessarily getting kicked off health insurance, but these waves of letters starting to go out, especially in these states who – don't have funding past 2018. And I think that might raise the stakes. Or don't have funding past 2017. Yeah, past 2017. We'll run out at the start of 2018. I think that might raise the stakes. But I don't know. I'm starting to think, like, Congress won't act until they literally see a kid kicked off health insurance, which is sad. The the likely vehicle is still that enormous and growing more enormous Mm. every
3: day, end of year. You know, super which big. Do on the eighth. It's right? on the eighth, and none of yeah. us really of think it'll be the eighth, right? <laughs> so, I mean, there's this huge. That's the at this point, it's still the most likely scenario that Chip gets mm-hmm. tacked onto this omnibus humongous this end of year spending but bill. There's a teeny bill, right? There's it a itsy bitsy on. chance that um, there could be a supplemental hurricane spending bill, and they could put it on that. I don't think that's likely. I don't think it's impossible. It's not likely. I mean, it just it doesn't feel ripe yet. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, the more likely scenario is. You know, this—it's beyond a Christmas tree. It's like a Christmas tree forest of Christmas trees. Um, uh, you know, that's still the most likely scenario. Sometime in before an
0: HHS they leave. secretary, who we haven't had what over a month now, right? Some um, September twenty ninth.
2: <laughs> I thought it was interesting that the acting secretary gave a speech on the first day of open enrollment, right. uh, saying that Obamacare is bad. <laughs> <laughs> If you if you uh want to uh have a great illustration about the change in administrations yeah. I would point to that.
3: <laughs> right. I mean, we do expect it to be uh political and others have reported that it is likely to be Alex Azar. Um he is uh he was an executive at Lilly. He was the uh president of the North American division until last January. He worked in the Bush 2 administration. He is a known entity in Washington. He um you know, he's a conservative. Who I have heard professional staff at HHS who were there in those days, and it's not like I've talked to dozens. But I mean, th- he's a known entity, and our email boxes are not being flooded with "Oh my God, he's awful." I mean, there'll be a, you know there'll be a fight if if it is in fact him, and we it could come when Trump comes back from Asia. We could hear this confirmed shortly. Um, confirmation battles are. Always confirmation battles, and they certainly are going to be this year. We're going to hear, I'm sure, we're going to hear questions about Lilly's drug pricing po- policy, particularly insulin. I, I think we will hear all of that. But I, we're not seeing, and you know, when we reported this a few weeks ago, we are not seeing um, a Democratic gearing up ultra attack machine. And it's partly because uh, he is a conservative who has the reputation of being able to sort of, you know, have a conversation with other people. He worked in HHS with the professional. He's staff. not as
0: ideological as. He's Tom Price. Conser- You know, he's conservative.
3: Um, but I think he's seen as a more pragmatic conservative and a less abrasive conservative. I do know him. I've not known him for years. I don't know him well. I mean, I've but when I've seen him, it has been in a more bipartisan context. Um, yeah, me too. And um, you know. Just the you know they're names that you just sort of you know all of us are journalists who get a million emails a day and some I mean we were hearing names ranging from Bobby Jindal to Doctor Oz and I think the Democrats just said oh a drug executive (laughs) you know or a former drug executive so
0: but also a former high official at the department who's worked there before you
3: know he also is close to Pence as many people in this administration are but I've also been told he was actually more initially a, a Mitch Daniels person before he became a Mike Pence person. He's from Indiana. I mean, he's in Indiana. I, don't think he was, I think he was born here, but he's been in Indiana for some time. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that's as much news as we can handle for a week. Uh, we're going to wrap up with the segment we call Extra Credit. That's where each of us recommends a story they read recently they think everyone else should read too. Don't worry if you miss it. We will post the links to these pieces on the Kaiser Health news site, khn.org. Who wants to start? Sarah.
1: Oh, yes. Um, So I want to start with an amazing investigation into a topic you never thought you wanted to learn about, which is urine testing. And Kaiser Health News teamed up with Bloomberg to do this fantastic investigation into how a lot of doctors are getting very, very rich off of urine testing for opioid patients. Um, They worked with some researchers at the Mayo Institute to show some really egregious billing practices that I have to imagine, are going to result in some kind of action from Congress looking into this. Um, Come for the amazing reporting. Stay for the amazing illustrations they use in this piece. The art is impressive. Um, I I won't give too much away. You should really see it with your own eyes. But um, the combination of art and reporting, it's really worth your time.
2: Alice. Well, I am still obsessed with Reuters investigation into body brokers, these companies, these for-profit companies that – Uh, get donated dead bodies from uh, uh, low-income people who can't pay for cremation or funerals and then sell the parts for profit on a very unregulated market. And the reporting was just completely gruesome and disgusting and showed all kinds of heinous practices and I wondered at the time what would result from from that exposure and I think we're starting to see the fallout now the writers had a follow up about the FBI raiding one of these big companies that uh, were profiled and seizing a bunch of documents they said they didn't seize actual body parts <laughs> Joanne.
3: Uh, I'm cheating a little bit because this was published maybe two weeks ago, although I didn't personally have time to look at it until okay. a few days ago. Um, it's a, um, a series of photographs accompanied by a text and a video of a photographer talking about his experiences. Really um, powerful images of the opioid crisis and the deaths um, and the families and the funerals. Uh, in Ohio, the community in Ohio. The photographer, I emailed the name to Julie, so I'm hoping I'm remembering it right. Is it Philip Montgomery? It will be on the KHN website. And it's from the New Yorker. It is the New Yorker. Um, really, um, it's really sort of worth your time when you have a few quiet moments. It's not one to be looking at in your office with everybody telling jokes behind your back. Just find a couple of minutes and sit down and look at these faces. And it's powerful and it's upsetting
0: well mine is also a, a kind of grim story um, also from my cage and colleagues uh, this is a collaboration that we did with climate central which is another non--profit news service and it's called breathing fire and it's about how people who live even hundreds of miles away from the wildfires in the west are getting lung damage from the drifting smoke uh, it's really scary stuff it's really well documented so something else to worry about with climate change um, that is it for today thank you for listening if you enjoyed the podcast you can subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We'd also appreciate it if you left us a review. That will help other people find us too. If you have comments, you can email us. We're at whatthehealth, all one word, at kff.org. Or you can tweet me. I'm at Jay Rovner. I'm at Joanne Cannon. I'm at Alice Olstein. At Sarah Cliff. We'll be back in your feed next week. In the meantime, be healthy.